Hello and welcome to another edition of Fides Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino and I'm your host and I'm here with talent on loan from Rush. Um, we are still and always will be fighting for life and uh, that is a extremely, extremely noble uh, thing for us to do. Some of us do it sort of on the side. Uh, some of us do it full time and take real serious action. Uh, my guest today is Samantha Kamen. Uh, Samantha is a writer. She's a pro-life advocate and she works for, she's a reporter for the Christian Post. And uh, she is here to talk to us about some of her really interesting articles. And uh, Samantha, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the kind words. Okay. So let's talk about um, your w- the work that you're doing. Um, how did you get involved in the pro-life world and writing? Yeah. So it's interesting. I get that question a lot. It was never really an issue that we talked about a lot in my family, even though I grew up as a Christian. It's it's something I always kind of looked at it as like, oh, well, yeah, that seems like a serious issue you know, kills a baby. But I think it what really strengthened it is years ago, my older sister had two unexpected pregnancies. And with the first one, the boyfriend actually brought her to a Planned Parenthood clinic. And she actually walked out of the facility. She said she went in there. She found out she was pregnant later. Uh, she was further along. She was in like the, she was like maybe 25, 26 weeks. And so she's remembered going into the clinic And people at the reception desk, she found them to be, from her perspective, rather cold. Uh, She said that they weren't looking at her, that she also remembered that she was so far along, her stomach was likely touching the, she remembers being so far along, her stomach was touching the reception desk. And she said that no one really looked at her. They just put a clipboard on the table, said, go sit over there. She remembers eventually going in for an ultrasound and the technician, she said, was rather cold and said that, okay, you're 25 weeks and it's a boy. And my sister said, can I see? And the technician said, no. And started explaining, okay, this is the process for a late term abortion. It's going to take a few days. And my sister said, no, I don't want that. And the technician said, you don't want to do it this way or you don't want to do it at all. My sister said, I don't want to do it at all. Uh, Not long after that, she went to a pregnancy resource center for help, and she had another ultrasound, and this time the screen was turned towards her, and she said that it was like my nephew knew she was watching him because he kind of turned his head on the screen, knew her, and she knew that she never could have gone through with the abortion. She was kind of like me. She knew what abortion was, but at the same time, oh, like it's something that doesn't have an effect on me. I don't know what it is, if that makes sense. It, it does. And that's, that's really profound. And it's, it's, what's interesting is I had a guest on recently who was telling me as she worked at Planned Parenthood, how they actually take out any picture, any of the magazines, they take out pictures of babies, of families smiling. They purposely keep the room, the, the waiting room, either very cold or very warm so that the boyfriend or husband kind of gets up and walks out. And so that the girl feels like she's been abandoned even there. I mean, that's how they manipulate, how they work to manipulate women. So it's understandable. That's profound. So I want to go into a few of your articles. I don't know if we'll get through all mm-hmm. of them, but but you can share with everybody listening how they can 
read and all of your articles. So uh, first one I want to talk to you about and just, you know, just give a quick overview because, again, people can go and read these is uh, an article called School Social Worker Gives Breast Binder. And obviously there's a lot going on today in the schools and what's going happening behind the scenes and behind parents' backs. Uh, So tell us a little bit about that article. So yeah, this is an article I wrote back in December. Um, Mother was going through her daughter's belongings and she came across a breast binder. She had no idea how her daughter obtained this. And after talking with her daughter about it, the mother discovered that her 13 year old daughter had received this from a social worker at the school. So the mom was aware that her daughter was seeing a social worker and that she had been assigned to a new one in October but she was told nothing about the fact that the social worker was discussing gender transition with her. She also later found out that the school was using masculine pronouns when referring to her daughter. The mom addressed this issue during a school board meeting in December. The school superintendent uh, released a statement that seemed to have been talking about with the mom, the issues that the mom had brought up and talked about how the school cares a lot about inclusivity. The mom's currently being represented by Goldwater Institute. They recently sent a letter to the school talking about the need for parents to know what's going on with their kids' physical, mental health, and asking for the school to reconsider its policies on gender. Yeah, it's it's really sad. It's happening all over the country. And um, they're, the fact that they're hiding it always tells me that they know it's wrong but they're doing it anyways. That's, that's just my opinion as, as far as why they're hiding it. But okay. So the next, next uh, article that was intriguing to me that I wanted you to talk about is the article titled uh, mom's visit Elizabeth Warren's office. Um, I'll let mm-hmm. you talk about Elizabeth Warren. Cause if I talk about her, it, it might not go so well. So I'll, I'll hand it off to you. So a group of moms and their babies visited Senator Elizabeth Warren's office. This was during the March for Life week in D.C. Senator Elizabeth Warren, as I'm sure some people remember, has made comments about pregnancy resource centers. There's a video in July that Family Research Council shared where she talked about how they need to be shut down, should be able to torture a pregnant person like that. She's someone who has accused these clinics of being fake, that they lie to women to try and lure them to come to their centers so they won't have abortions. So these moms are representing Stanton Healthcare. They were there to show that, well, actually, no, these pregnancy centers helped us in our time of need. Elizabeth Warren was not there at the time they showed up, but they did talk with her staff, were able to say, share about the impact that these centers have had in their lives and how they were able to carry their babies to term because they got the resources they needed. The group of moms also went to go visit Representative Alexandria Cortez, explain how these centers sometimes help refugees, marginalized communities, but they were met with a locked door and they just left some literature, but we're not able to talk with her. Yeah. Well, it's sadly there, these, you know, Elizabeth Warren, AOC are spouting lies your group, you know, this group, the group of moms was spouting the truth and they didn't care, right? They're, they, it's, you, they'd be talking to a closed door anyways, whether it was locked or not. Well, they left an invitation for Warren to potentially visit the center. I'm not aware if she responded or not, but it's out there. Yeah. And she won't. And, and it doesn't matter because she's not concerned about the truth. And especially since these pre- crisis pregnancy centers do far more to help women and families, not just with the baby, but finances and all sorts of things. And that is, those are facts. And so she's obviously not interested in helping 
poor people or people are struggling. Okay. Um, so the next article is uh, from, you wrote about Allie B. Stuckey. Allie is, uh, she's, a, she's a social media. She's on social media. She has a podcast. She's really great. Uh, tell me what that article is about. So Flow Health is an application that's for women to use when it comes to tracking their periods or fertility. Someone on Twitter was talking with the app in their replies and was expressing concern about the fact that men who identify as transgender are able to have access to these forums where women are talking about issues that are kind of intimate and personal having to do with their bodies. Allie Beth Stuckey had jumped into the chat this was back in January, I believe, and tweeted at the group that trans women don't have periods because Flow Health had said in response to this Twitter user about how they are there for people of all genders during their periods. And Allie Bestucky disagreed with that. She then also tweeted out a photo showing that the app had blocked her. What's interesting is she also shared another photo showing that a chat room, people having discussions in the private forum on the application where men who identify as women, what it seemed the implication was had kind of taken over the chat room. We're talking about identifying by different pronouns or entering women's restrooms. And the intention was for this application to be for women where they talk about their bodies. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, is it's biological, right? It's, it's really, there's no debate and these people are, have gone insane and uh, good for Allie Stuckey for for her stepping in. And she's done that in a lot of things. Uh, really great stuff. So, okay. So the next article I want to hit, and I think we're going to get to the six that I had uh, asked to talk about, uh, is uh, 1 million moms urge American girl to take some action. So talk about that article. Yeah. So 1 million moms is a group of Christian moms. They frequently launch campaigns against media that they think is inappropriate for children. They had objections to a book that American Girl Doll released that was talking about how young girls can change their gender if they feel uncomfortable in their bodies, take medicine, likely referring to puberty blockers if they haven't gone through puberty yet to alter their bodies. So the moms were saying that people need to boycott American Girl Doll and don't buy anything from the parent company Mattel due to the influence that this is having on children. No, that that's and again it it had it's going out to these woke companies behaving. You know, American Girl just stick to making dolls. You know, just stick to that. You do that well, do it. And they seem to like they they need to go woke and they need to take this particular side. And we have to fight back. And so people need to just not use them. Right? Don't buy American Girl if they keep this nonsense up. And so um, so the last article I would love to talk to you about, and it really goes along with uh, a lot of these topics, topics we've been discussing, is uh, the, the case of the detransitioning Navy SEAL. It was, I remember hearing about about this person, you know, thinking a Navy SEAL. I mean, these are the elite of the elite. These are the manliest of men you can possibly get. He transitioned and then detransitioned. So, uh, explain that story. Yeah. So Chris Beck is a Navy SEAL. He served as a Navy SEAL for about 20 years. He's retired. Uh, he recalls that in 2011, that's when he started feeling dissatisfied with his life after leaving the military service. And so he started wearing his hair long, dressing as a woman. He recently was on a podcast in December where he talked about how the process of eventually detransitioning. He says that he hasn't taken hormones in seven years. He felt lied to. 
and that the people who had more knowledge than he did were allowing him to undergo these treatments that were actually quite harmful for him. He's not the only detransitioner to say something like this. Chloe Cole, as I'm sure some people might have heard, recently announced that she's launching a lawsuit against medical groups that instead of providing for her mental health care, the lawsuit says urged her to undergo this process of taking puberty blockers and a double mastectomy. Helena Kirshner, who was on Tim Pohl's podcast a few months ago, has also talked about this being given the max dose of hormones after only an hour long appointment at Planned Parenthood. Mm -hmm. So the issue of detransitioners is something that we're seeing more and more recently. Yeah, we're seeing it, but the mainstream media isn't reporting it. And it's, and it's really important that people know about this because of the fact that, you know, the transitioning is impacting people so, so severely. Number one, we're not helping them the way they need to be helped first and foremost. That's why this is a life issue, right? You're a a pro-life advocate. And a lot of the topics we've talked about are not just abortion, but it's it's the transitioning stuff. This is a life issue um, and people's lives are being ruined. And when you take some of the action that these transitioners are taking, a lot of it is not reversible. And, and at the very least, even if it is, you can stop taking the hormone blockers or whatever. The fact that you went down this path hurt you big time, hurt people big time psychologically. So that, again, that's my opinion, not Samantha's. This is just me saying, um, but it's a really great stuff, Samantha. So can you share with everybody where they can uh, read these full articles and get uh, ongoing articles from you? Please share. Yeah, so my articles are available on the Christian Post main website. You can also follow me on Twitter. It's at Samantha Dashcam. Excellent. Samantha, really great stuff. Again, you know, really appreciate you writing like this. Again, this is what, you know, so important to have people like you that are doing this and informing people because the mainstream media is not informing people. So a lot of, a lot of this information is not simply there are people who have no clue about any of this stuff. And Sadly, we need to find alternative medias from the you know the mainstream media, and yours is one of them. So, uh, thanks for what you're doing, and uh, really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. And thank you for having me once again. My pleasure. Thank you, Samantha. Really appreciate it. And uh, thank all of you for listening to this episode of Feed Ace Podcast. Please check out all my podcasts and all the different podcast apps on YouTube, on Rumble, and on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Right America Media. So thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time.